Joe Biden and the New World Liberal Order. Think of this, a globalist with classified documents in his garage. America's cashless future, World War III, Middle East peace, all prophetic and dominating the headlines. And we'll discuss these and other topics while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Welcome back, everybody, and uh, wow, we're still in transition period, and we're not the end of the age anymore. This is the end time show. Sorry about that. I want to make sure you're in the right spot here, right? Um, so today we're going to be taking your calls, one 363 and have a quick announcement. I will be an, doing our first prophecy conference tomorrow night at uh, right here in Garland, Texas. We'll be at North City's UPC 502 Beltline Road. Um, and that's right here in Garland. Tomorrow night, January 14th at 6 p.m. I will be teaching, uh, going over an overview of understanding the end time. And I want you to know that I've been on last year and already this year, I've been on a lot of radio and television uh, interviews on a lot of different things, been around a lot of people, and I have found that we have so many new listeners and different things that people uh, don't understand some of our foundational uh, principal teachings here at End Time. And so we're going to be going back through an overview of that with some new proofs, some different things, setting the stage for the rollout of our Understand the End Time 1-14 through 14 DVD series, which is almost done. And so you will not want to miss tomorrow night if you're here in the Garland, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area, really. And then Sunday morning, uh, January 15th, I'll be preaching twice at uh, the same church, 502 Beltline Road in Garland. And then Sunday evening at 6 p.m., we'll be doing Breaking Prophecy News, and we'll have a time of Q&A at the end. That's always very popular. So certainly look forward to kicking off 2023 and our prophecy conference schedule, and then next week we'll be in Fort Worth, and the week after that we're going to be, or in uh, next week we'll be in Houston. The week after that, Fort Worth, Texas. The week after that, Justin, Texas, and then it just goes on from there. So we'll be announcing those conferences coming up here before very long. Now, uh, I'll get back to our Israel tour here later on in the program. Again, the number to reach me today. We're going to be taking your calls. This is your day. One eight seven seven. 363-8463. Ask me a question about the ministry, about prophecy, uh, about Jerusalem and what we're doing in Israel. Um, so, very important that you understand these things. There's a lot of things being taught nowadays, right? A lot of stuff. And I'm sitting there scratching my head going, where where'd they find that in the Bible? I, I don't see that. But uh, we want to make sure that you guys understand what's going on throughout the end time. Now, let me start off today with the CNS News, because this is very important. The Biden, Joe Biden admits that he kept documents marked as classified in his garage. You've heard about this, and the Penn Biden Center. And he said, hey, it's not like they were sitting out in the street. 
And, he said, and of course, they also found these documents in the Penn Biden Center. So I want you to understand the gravity of this situation. When you talk about classified documents, there we have Americans that work covertly around the world. We don't want other nations knowing their name. And so my, I, don't, I don't know what was in these documents. Maybe somebody does. Maybe that will come to light. I don't know for sure. However, when it says classified, that means um, classified. Now, you know, hopefully it wasn't our nuclear codes. I mean, that Joe Biden wasn't thinking he had the winning lotto number and it was actually the, the codes to our nuclear arsenal here in America. I mean, hopefully that wasn't the case. However, stowing our classified documents in your garage and in the Penn Biden Center. Well, let me, let me get off into that because when you talk about the Penn Biden Center, the Penn Biden Center is a, um, it is a, 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 Joe Biden working with the University of Pennsylvania. He has a center that's been established. And in the Penn Biden Center, if you go to the Penn Biden Center website, it actually says here that in their mission on the Penn Biden Center, it says that, and it's all about protecting the liberal international order is what it's about. Joe Biden is an absolute globalist, folks. So on their mission statement, it says this, throughout, his, throughout Joe Biden's decades of public service, the Penn Biden's namesake, Joseph R. Biden, our president, has fought to secure American global leadership by defending and advancing a liberal international order, the world government. And this Penn Biden Center will bring President Biden's lifelong commitment to public service to its every endeavor. Okay, this thing is designed, the Penn Biden Center, and it's designed to work towards Joe Biden's realization of protecting this liberal international order. You can go there and read all about it. Now, in looking at him being a globalist, he believes in a one world government. He believes in putting the edicts of the one world government ahead of the United States of America. Now you can understand what, I, what was going through my mind when I heard that Joe Biden was keeping classified documents at the Penn Biden Center. And you know about the big donations that China was giving to the Penn Biden Center and all these different things, uh, over $50 million. So who had access to these documents? Knowing the, some of the relationships that Joe Biden has had with China, who knows what they've had access to? Hopefully not some of the covert personnel that are working around the world as United States covert personnel. And hopefully not anything that would lead to them having access to our nuclear arsenal or uh, anything. If it's a classified document, it means classified. S especially nobody in a, a, a communistic, socialistic regime. Any, nobody should get a hold of it. It's reserved for people with the highest class, uh, classified um, qualifications and, the, and that have access to that. So when I saw this 
and I know, I know very much about the Penn Biden Center. And I thought, man, and then qualified uh, classified documents in your, in your garage where anybody could have access to it. Um, it's, it's totally crazy in my mind. But I want you to understand, prophetically speaking, the Bible prophesies about a world governing body that's going to be established in the end time. And when I know Joe Biden is a globalist, he advocates for a world governing body, then it, it just helps me to, to bring, I want to bring it to light to you so you understand really the ramifications of what's going on here. And uh, we'll get a little bit more into this world government um, and Joe Biden in on the other side of the break talking about open borders. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back, everybody, and going to go straight to the phones. Again, the number to reach me, one 363 If we have time, we'll get back into some more dialogue about world government, Joe Biden, open borders, uh, Representative um, Chip Roy, and what's going on. Uh, but we'll go straight to the phones really quick. Uh, let's go to Joe in New York. God bless Joe. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm tremendous, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good considering my age. <laughs> you know, uh, the years are going by pretty quick. <laughs> I understand. The, the, the comment that I wanted to make, um, to try to fit it in to what we know the Scriptures say and the wonderful teachings that Irvin Baxter spent so many years to be able to communicate, because I see on the Internet 
there's so many false teachings going on. It, 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 it blows my mind. And a lot of, and I'm not going to name names and what ministries and so forth, but a number of these guys come up with talking about the end times, and they're painting a false scenario. They take certain scriptures and they, 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 they kind of weave together a story, what they think is, is happening. And that's why it's so important. I, I, you know, I can only give my, my picture, what I see. Each one of us are unique. We're all God's kids that love the Lord. And we have to go along with what rings true in us. But you know, as Irvin, he, he stayed with the scriptures. And God gave him this beautiful understanding and insight that rings true to me every day. Now, we know the scripture says that the United States of America is going to be standing the strong wings of, of an eagle, a great eagle, that we will be standing with Israel. We know that. But if we are to look at where we are now, and I scratch my head, how will we get to that place? I personally think that it is as believers, God's kids, that we have to pray diligently for our nation, the USA, that's number one. That the body of, of Christ, that all our family, our family, we are family. You are my brother, and I hope and pray many brothers and sisters are hearing my voice. We have to stand firm in the scriptures. And again, I'm going to say this a million times, Irvin Baxter had more insight into the actual truth of the Scripture than anybody I've come across in 45 years. Mm -hmm. But we have to pray for those that are being misled, because I think some of them are going to fall away when they see these things not happening. They may lose faith in the Lord. And that's what I think we're at. We have to pray for the strength of our nation. And as God's kids, we're the most important thing. We are a nation within a nation. The other day I was talking with, 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 with Doug and Vince, and I was saying that it's up to us. It's up to us. You know, the, the, the leftists aren't praying for our nation. <laughs> it's up to us to stand firm with the Scriptures and to communicate to everyone that we meet and everyone that we love what the prophecies are really in the Scriptures, because it's very clear. You know better than I do the teachings of Irvin Baxter are so clear and so scriptural, you can't deny them. Amen. And I just want to encourage everyone to stay with that. There's so many misleading teachings that it's mind-blowing. And, and I will continue to raise my voice wherever I am, whenever I can, about the truth. We know the ultimate truth our wonderful Savior, Jesus, and he's got a perfect plan. No matter who's in the White House, no matter who's in Russia or China, God is God, and his plan is not going to fail. But we're his kids, and we have a job, just as you do wonderfully, David, and, and, and you go to various uh, churches, and you're, and you're preaching and teaching the truth of the Scriptures that rings true in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. You don't have to, like, decide this multiple choice in your brain. Right. Neither do I. We have the scriptures. 
that's why, how, do, how, how did I fall in love with Irvin Baxter the first moment some years ago when I first came across him teaching on YouTube? Because my spirit started to leap. Because after all these years of being in the scriptures and searching, especially in the book of Revelation, which a lot of the times I had, I had a place of confusion and I would pray about it. Fast forward to when I heard Irvin, and I, I'm telling you, I met, other, I met other ministers over the years that wrote books and traveled and, and, and preached, and nobody... Nobody on this earth has put more time than Irvin Baxter and his true and his and his true staying with the scriptures is what we got to cling to. And what and but what does that mean for us today here in the USA? How do we follow through? What does the prophecies? As I know, like you are always so wonderful in sharing what's going on around the world. We need that. That's important. But how do we, how does each and every person, I'm not in the ministry, but I love the Lord Jesus Christ and my life is hidden with him in God, Mm -hmm. according to what Paul wrote. What is our purpose? To stand firm for our nation, to intercede, to pray for our brothers and sisters who are being deceived, and to pray for the nation that we grow strong and healthy and vibrant because we got to be here. Yes, absolutely. So well, I, I, I said my piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe, I, I thank you. Thank you for your comments. I've got some other callers i got to get to, but I really appreciate it, and I concur 100%, my friend. God bless you. Be well, David. God bless you, my friend. You have a great weekend. Let's go to Zachary in Kentucky. God bless, Zachary. Welcome to End of the Age. Well, I'm sorry. Welcome to the End Time Show. Got to get how, that in my how mind. How are you, Brother Dave? I'm doing tremendous. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. So my question for you today was um, just watching a lot of the um, end-time programs and looking at the timeline that's so clearly laid out. Yes, sir. Um, in your opinion, I was wondering, what do you – I mean, I, I understand nobody knows for sure, but what do you feel like would be the next thing that will come to pass? Sure. Uh, So I know that scripturally, the next two things to occur on God's giant timeline that He's given us is the Sixth Trumpet War, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. The reason I think that that is one of the two is because it's, um, if you look at the book of Revelation, the skeletal structure, the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials, the first five trumpets have already occurred. And so World War III is the next one, which is the Sixth Trumpet War. And then the other one is the um, Israeli-Palestinian Peace Agreement uh, in the Middle East that will start the final seven years. Those, according to all of the prophecies, this giant prophetic timeline that God has given us, uh, even to the point where after the great white throne of judgment we move off into eternity with the Lord, all the way back to the Old Testament prophets, those are the next two events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. In my now, I'm telling you this, Zachary, because this is my opinion. I can't yeah. prove scripturally which one happens first, but I I believe that the war will happen, then the peace agreement, and then we will move off into the final seven years. I say that for many reasons. Uh, that's an educated opinion. However, it right. is an opinion nonetheless because I can't prove which scripturally which one happens first. 
So I have to say that's my opinion, but I do have many reasons for uh, making that assumption. Awesome. Well, that makes perfect sense, and I'll look further into it, and I thank you so much. All right. God bless you, my friend, and thank you for the call. Let's go to Jeff in Texas. God bless Jeff. Welcome to End of the Age. I'm sorry, the End Time Show. (laughs) Yes, the End Time Show. Welcome, my friend. Yeah, I'm here. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, I wanted to thank you, Ty. Okay, Jeff. Jeff, you're breaking up on me really bad, so I don't know if it's, uh, I think everything's working right on my end, so maybe you can help me out here a little bit. Yeah, sorry. There you go. Sorry. I want to thank my sister's one that was snapped 50 when I think of a family today. Yeah, Jeff, uh, you're, I, I'm, I can't hear but every third or fourth word. For, so let's do this. Um, I've got your question up here, the question about the rabbi in Israel claiming to be the Messiah. I'm going to have to let you go, but I'll go ahead and answer the question here uh, because it's really an easy question for me to answer. So I do thank you for the call, but I apologize on behalf of myself and the audience. We're going to have to let you go, okay, uh, because it's such a bad connection. Now, Jeff had a question about the, uh, a rabbi that is in Israel claiming to be the Messiah. What do I think about that? Well, that is impossible, you understand. There have been many humans that have claimed to be the Messiah over the years, last few years. Uh, and I'm, I'm aware of many, many, many of them. Sun Myung, Sun Myung Moon and the, the, the old the guy who was over the Moonies, and all these different people, many people. However, I want to read you a scripture, and this is something that all of you can look back to whenever you see somebody in the news that says, hey, I, I'm the Messiah, look to me, or people start saying, this individual is the Messiah. The Bible gives us some clear things to look for that let us know when the Messiah is coming. So we'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt, believe me, there's going to be no denying these characteristics. Jesus himself prophesied in Matthew chapter 24. He talks many times in the chapter about people giving a deceptive message, deceiving. Take heed, let no man deceive you. This is the Olivet Discourse here. And in verse, chapter 24, verse 23, Jesus said, Then if any man, now he's talking about right here prior to his second coming. Earlier in the chapter, the disciples asked him, what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of this age? At at the time of your second coming. And he says, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. There's not the Messiah like that. Hey, uh, somebody's in Jerusalem, or somebody's in New York, or somebody's down in Brazil. No, it doesn't work like that. Jesus said, you're not going to pay any attention to that. He said, for there shall arise false Christs or messianic figures, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. So one of the main things you want to look for in the near future, even though somebody comes and does seemingly um, godly miracles, you got to make sure that they line up with the Word of God because Satan has power to do miracles as well. 
Remember in the Old Testament when Moses threw his staff down and it became a serpent. The magicians, Pharaoh's magicians, they threw their staffs down and they became a serpent as well. The exact same event happened. One was of God, one was satanic. And so in the future, when we see, the Bible says the, the false prophet, the religious leader that will form an alliance with the Antichrist in the end time, that he will do many mighty miracles and as a result of those miracles, he will influence people to, to worship the Antichrist and his world governing system. The Bible says he will actually call fire down from heaven. That's not a godly miracle. That power comes from somewhere else. And so Jesus was saying, many false Christ will come. Don't be deceived by them. Many, many false messianic figures. Many people claiming to be the Messiah. That's not how it's going to come. He's not going to be in Jerusalem or New York or here and there. And Jesus goes on to say, Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he's in the desert, or he's in Israel, or he's in New York or wherever, don't go. Don't go out to pay any attention to that. Behold, they'll say, Well, he's in the secret chambers. Jesus said, Believe it not. For as the, now here, this, Jesus is saying this. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So this is something that all of you need to understand. There no messianic figure, nobody claiming to be the Messiah in Israel. Uh, I know a lot of people in New York have, Europe, different places. No human being claiming to be the Messiah. Jesus said, don't believe it. Don't, go, don't even go see it. Because when I come back, as the lightning flashes from the east unto the west, that's how my coming is going to be. The Bible says that the clouds will spit open and that every, uh, Revelation 1-7, every eye will behold Him. Nobody's going to be able to mistake when the Messiah comes back. But when, when you see news sources talking about that this messianic figure in Israel, and this is not the first time, but this messianic figure, this rabbi claiming to be the Messiah, I, I don't pay a bit of attention to that. I don't even read the articles normally, every, occasionally, but mo most of the time I won't even read the articles about it because I know it's not true. Somebody just got an idea that, hey, I want some attention and, you know, and so, hey, they, you know, I don't know what their motives are, but I'm just saying they, they, it's, that's simply... The Bible tells us don't pay any attention to that. Don't be deceived by any of that stuff. You line yourself up with men of God that will teach you the Bible. Now that's what you're going to stick with because you'll never go wrong by doing that. And so that's very important that we understand these things. Now, um, so I, Jeff, I, I'm sorry for letting you go. We couldn't understand you. We had a bad connection, but I hope that answered your question. You don't have to ever look to any human being to be a messianic figure. Jesus Christ did in fact come as a human being. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ part two, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools available for $299 will deepen your biblical understanding don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. 
Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back, everybody, to The End Time Show. And uh, we're taking your calls today, 1-877-363-8463. Going straight back to the phones, uh, let's go to Darlene in Oklahoma. God bless Darlene. Welcome to in The End Time Show. Hey. Hi. Thanks. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to uh, not take up too much time, I hope. So I'm going to ask this question, but I'm not... I'm not struggling. I'm, I'm wanting to be sure that I answer someone correctly. Um, to the obedience of God uh, is to be born again of water and spirit. And then, so the spirit or, or the water is the baptism, the physical baptism, and the spirit is to the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Um, that's how you obey the Word of God. And then you do your best, you repent and do your best to live for him. Um, correct me anywhere you want. Um, I'm sure there's more in there, but I'm trying to go, you know, sum it up. But mm -hmm. some people have said that you can be baptized, you can speak in tongues, you can, um, and you're still not saved. You're, so what do I say to them, or how do I tell someone how to stay saved? Does it just reflect always reflect and keep uh, a clear conscience to the Lord. And um, so we're raptured. So they're raptured and we go up yeah. or they go up. I, I, it's like I know, and yet I'm trying to get it into words to, to tell them. So yeah. That's, so that's a, does that make sense? Yes, it does. So the, the question is, how can you tell somebody how they know they're saved or how, the, how they can stay saved at yeah, one, well, it, once it, a person's been born again? Up. Okay, so the thing is, number one, be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man's born again, he can't mm -hmm. enter or see the kingdom of God. It sounds like you've got uh, that. But however, how, a person to stay saved. Once an individual is, has been born again, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking in bread, and in prayers. This is one of the key... Okay, go ahead. 
And they, they search the scriptures daily. Right. So the thing is, is that once a person has been born again, they need to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And they need to, number one, if they haven't been through a good Bible study, I would recommend getting in one because you're, you, mm -hmm. the, where you spend eternity is determined by you lining your life up to the Bible. So you need to get in a good Bible study. You need to understand that. That's why, and this is very, very critical because I just read an article either this morning or yesterday morning about churches that are teaching watered-down doctrines. And mm -hmm. it was in a major news source that a lot of people in um, a lot of people that consider themselves Christians know hardly anything about the Bible, and that that's a danger. And yes, so, because I'm, not, yeah, yeah, so I'm trying the, to teach a Bible study, right? So the thing is, Darlene, is that you become a disciple. You start to learn the Word of God. You have a. The Bible says there are two ways. God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So. Um, you need to worship God. You need to, you need to continue to pray. You need to pray daily because you've got to know God through the Spirit. And then you also need to study the Word of God moving forward. And the, as you do that, you will develop a loving relationship with God. Because the mm -hmm. thesis of the entire Bible is your relationship with God and your relationship with your fellow man. And your salvation, now think about this, I'll mess with everybody's theology a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Your, your salvation is based on your relationship with your fellow man. Did you know that? Because the Bible says that if you will not forgive your other, if you will not forgive your fellow man of their infractions, the Lord cannot forgive you. So right. it's very important. But if you don't know the Word of God, then you don't know that. And so that's right. why you can't hold a grudge and all these other things. But the thing is, is the Bible, the Bible gives the formula. After these people were born again in Acts chapter 2, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. A lot of people today say, well, device, doc, doctrines are divisive. Let's just sweep them under the rug. We won't pay any attention to the doctrine, doctrines because that's what's created all the Protestant churches after the Reformation. These doctrines have divided all of us. Let's not pay any attention to the doctrine anymore. Let's just all get along and love each other. That's really what these interfaith movements are trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and ecumenism. So that's, no, no. The Bible says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And so that's what, the, number one, you're going to get on the doctrine. And you know what the doctrine is. And then they um, fellowship and breaking of bread, knowing the Word of God, and then um, prayers. That's how they learn to have a loving relationship with the Lord. And you need to continue in that. Jesus Christ, said he, Jesus Christ said, He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. I, I've known people that were born again and then thought, well, I'll just go back to doing whatever I did before. I can have, it's party on. No, no, that's not how it works. No, the Bible no. says, present your body a, body a living sacrifice, which is just your reasonable service. I am going to, when I am born again, I get a new nature. The Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I become a new creature in Jesus Christ. Now I've been bought and paid for by what Jesus Christ did on Calvary, by the blood that He shed, and I am a Christian now. I am Christ-like. I don't go back to doing what i always done. Uh, it doesn't work like that. So 
that's how you know, that's how you know. And, and then you know the, the fruits of the Spirit. The Bible talks about this in Galatians, that you will know a you know a um, a peach tree because it gives off peaches. You know a uh, a grapevine because it gives off grapes. So when you when somebody says, Hey, I'm a Christian, you will know them by their fruits. If somebody says I'm a Christian, but then they advocate for things that are anti-Bible, then you can scratch your head and go, oh man, I don't know. <laughs> you say you're a Christian, but you know, Christians align themselves up with the Word of God. So that's how you would know beyond the born-again experience, your fruits, the, the, the fruits of the Spirit uh, will let somebody know that, hey, this is a Christian individual. I can see Jesus Christ through this individual. So that's very, very important, Darlene. Yes, I'm just going to play this episode for him to watch of end time. <laughs> you summed, that's exactly what I'm trying to say, but I, I'm... Anyway, I, I thank you for that. What, I've got a qu another question. Okay. If you've said something or done something and you can just tell by their face, or and then later a day or two go by, things didn't work out like you thought, you know this person is upset with you, but yet they won't really tell you. They just kind of try to um, counteract you. How do you make peace with that if they, if they don't, if just like use myself for an example, say if they just said, Darlene, yeah. So, I so you're asking really for, don't you're want asking to do for that. a friend. How do you how do you stay peaceful? Yeah, yeah. So you didn't mean anything. Yeah, the yeah. thing the thing is, Darlene, is that you do your best to make things right. If somebody doesn't want to forgive you, that's their problem. You do I your best. Okay, so you do your best to make things right. That's what you do. You're, that's your job. You do your best to make things right. If somebody has a problem, let them have the problem. You don't let it affect your walk with God. And if they, don't want to, if they don't want to make amends, that's their problem. That's not your problem. Hey, Darlene, I, I hope that answered your question. Dave. Got a lot of callers, so I'm going to have to yep. let you go. God bless you. You have a great weekend. Um, let's go to, I think I got time for this. Yeah, let's go to Susan in California. God bless Susan. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hi, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, my question is about end times as far as how you see that we are in the seals, because I've heard before you say we're in birth pains or it hasn't started yet until the peace treaty is signed. Yes. So how do you figure that we, it's already started then if we're like in the fifth seal? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the final seven years, which starts with in Daniel 927, there's a peace agreement that will start the final seven year period. So um, let me just give you a little background to help answer your question. In Daniel 9, verse 24 through 27, Daniel is given a vision of a 490-year prophecy that is divided into three segments. The last segment of that is a seven-year period. It's referred to by most prophecy teachers as Daniel's 70th week. That seven-year period is just ahead of us now a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians that has specific biblical characteristics will start that final seven-year period, okay? That is, okay. That, that is different than the skeletal structure of the seals, trumpets, vials in the book of Revelation. These actually overlap each other. So during, and now I know some people have said that the seals, trumpets, and vials only occur 
during that final seven-year period or Daniel's 70th week. That is absolutely a misinterpretation of Scripture. That simply is not the case. And I, I, I know where the teaching comes from and the whole, so won't get into all that, but the, it's very important that you understand that um, some of the seals have been opened for hundreds and hundreds of years. They do not start at Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, and then we move on off into a final seven-year period, and all of those things happen during the final seven years. If you understand that, like the, like the book of Revelation is written in chronological order, then you're going to have the second coming of Jesus Christ and the wrath of God happening four separate times in the book of Revelation. And you're going to be totally stuck trying to figure all this out if you try to cram all that in the final seven years. Because Jesus Christ is only coming back once in the near future, and He only pours His wrath out once in the near future, the, the, the vials of the wrath of God, which is the seven vials in Revelation chapter 16. So, when I say that the seals, the first four seals have already been opened, I know from Scripture that those are four spirits that go forth into the earth to control the ideologies of men. Catholicism, because of the red, uh, the uh, colors. Catholicism, communism, Islamism, and capitalism. Many of those have been opened hundreds of years ago. And then the first five trumpets, they've already sounded. World War I, first trumpet, World War II, the Chernobyl nuclear accident, the tearing down of the Blim Wall, the process of globalization, the speeding up of time in 1989, that's the fourth trumpet. The fifth trumpet, the Iraq War with Saddam Hussein. So now, here we are looking for the fifth seal to begin, which is the, the Great Tribulation, looking for the sixth trumpet, which is World War III, and then, of course, the vials of the wrath of God. That happens right there after the Great Tribulation period. So when we talk about this, um, you have to understand the timing of all of it, all of it uh, that it does not happen during the final seven-year period. There is a set of events that happen during that final seven-year period, but those are different than the, um, than the seals, trumpets, and vials. They all overlap each other. They're happening, some of them, at the same time. And so, uh, you know, that, and this is one of the things um, that I want to tell everybody really quick is that the screen behind me uh, is, we're kind of evolving. And if Susan, you can hold over, I'll, I'll finish your question here. But the screen behind me, we're evolving in our studio, and there will be a time when I can use, this is a 40-foot screen. There will be time when I can put maps and videos and all kinds of things and walk along this screen and teach. But we need new cameras to do that. So that's coming very soon. I want to let everybody know this is evolving. This set is just, um, we're using just a small portion of it. There's coming a time when I, I can use the whole the thing. I family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, 
please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, so uh, Susan from California, did that answer your question? Um, yes, yeah, pretty. I'm pre-wrath, so I see it much differently. Do you have a timeline on your website that I could study? If you email me, drobbins at endtime.com, I, okay. I, I have a timeline that I can send you. Uh, I don't think we have one just up on our website but I do have one that I can send you that I've sent thousands of people over the years. But when, for the sake of our audience here, Susan, when you say you're pre-wrath, define that. Well, we take the seven years and we divide it as the first is the Great Tribulation, okay. the first three and a half years, okay. and it's cut short for the sake of the elect, so we are raptured at um, the sixth and then, and then um, the wrath actually starts in Revelation 8. I see it when I read Matthew 24 and also when I read Revelations 1 through 11. Mm -hmm. I see everything in chronological order. Okay. To me, God doesn't mix it up or shake it up. He just puts it right there. I also see the church in Revelation 7. Where are the ones in the white robes around the throne? Okay. So uh, I see all the, the raptured people there in, in Rev 7, and then the wrath, and then the millennium, yeah. and then the second coming. That's how I look at it. Right. So ju just for sake of conversation, okay, just, just having a conversation between you and me, in Revelation six seventeen, the Bible says, For the great day of His wrath is come. So if the Lord, and now we're right here in the sixth seal, His wrath is come in Revelation 6, okay? Then if you go to Revelation chapter 11, it's, and you go down, all the way down to the seventh trumpet, it says, um, in Revelation eleven eighteen at the seventh trumpet, it says, And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. So there's two events there, the sixth seal and the seventh trumpet, where the Bible says, Thy wrath has come. And there's, there's actually more throughout the book of Revelation. So I, I, I just want you, uh, I'm not trying to, to prove anybody wrong, I'm just saying I would ask you to, to consider the fact that the seals, trumpets, and vials are events leading up to and ending at the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon which is when the wrath of God is poured out. Mm -hmm. So in, in my opinion, the sixth and seventh seal is the second coming in the battle of Armageddon. The seventh trumpet in Revelation 11 is the second coming in the battle of Armageddon. The simultaneous harvest in Revelation 14 is the, the second coming in the battle of Armageddon. And then the, uh, in Revelation 16, when the seven vials of the wrath of God are poured out, that also is the second coming in the battle of Armageddon. So the wrath of God happens 
if you believe it's in chronological order, you're going to have the wrath of God occurring four separate times in the future when it only happens once. But if you understand that there are different sets of events leading up to the same culmination, and that it's just the second coming of the Battle of Armageddon told about over and over and over, then you can say, oh my gosh, I get it. Um, so I just, just something for you to, to, uh, to consider um, as you study Revelation and then, you know, hey, if you look at it and say, I don't agree, that's fine with me uh, because I just want to prepare people for the second coming regardless of when it happens, but it's still fun to have these conversations. Sure, I, I appreciate yours. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, God bless you, Susan, and thank you for the call. I hope you have a great weekend. Um, let's go to Dan in Georgia. God bless Dan. Welcome to End of the Age. Um, Brother Dave. Yes, sir. Uh, a couple weeks ago, there was a show, um, I forget if it was you or, or Doug, that made this, uh, talked about these six events that could happen in 2003. Yes. Um, and, and at the end of the show, there was a statement made that you expect the sixth trumpet war, uh, if anything happens in 2023, it will be the sixth trumpet war, when 2.6 or 2.7 are killed. Um, but uh, Matthew 20, uh, 24, 21 says that when the Great Tribulation uh, comes about, uh, that there will, it will, there was, it will be nothing like it since the beginning of the world to this time, no, evermore shall be. Yes. So if the Sixth Trumpet War starts first, and that has 2.6 billion killed, will there be more than 2.6 billion killed during the Great Tribulation? Yes, so the... The, the, so I, I know why Doug or myself, I, I, I can't, a couple shows ago, I mean, I've been through so many shows, I can't even tell you, but the, the reason that we would believe that there's a potential for the Sixth Trumpet War to happen in 2023 is because of, number one, there's many scenarios on the earth that could lead to a World War III. Number two, it's the, one of the next two things to occur on God's prophetic timeline. So we know things are just, we're marching straight forward towards these events are happening. And it is it is highly, I'm going to say it's likely that it could happen over the next year or two or three um, because of the prophecies of the Bible. Now, the Bible says in, in Revelation 9 that that would, in, that would result in the killing of one-third of the world's population. Or, or roughly, right now I think we in November we hit 8 billion. So it would be 2.7-ish billion people killed in a World War III scenario. Now, I can prove scripturally that World War III will happen prior to the Great Tribulation. But I understand your dilemma because you say in Matthew 24, Jesus prophesied that there would be a great time of persecution. There's going to be tribulation such as never has been before nor ever will be again. When he's talking about Great Tribulation, he's talking about a time of persecution, the worst time of persecution the world has ever known. And there will be people killed during that time. That's The Bible gives us um, scriptures for that. However, it's not the worst time of uh, man, uh, the slaughter of mankind that has ever been 
or ever will be. He's saying the greatest time of tribulation or, or a time of persecution on the earth because I know what happens during the great tribulation and that is in Revelation chapter 12 the Bible says there's a war in heaven Satan and his angels are overcome by, uh, they lose the battle between Michael and his archangels. At that time, Satan is bound to the earth. And the Bible says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because Satan comes down unto you having great wrath. And he persecutes the woman in that chapter, which is Israel, and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So it's got that, that three and a half year period, will be the worst time of tribulation, of persecution the world has ever known. But that's a different event than World War III, which will kill 2.7 billion people. In the Great Tribulation, Jesus was talking about tribulation or persecution, not a, a global war. Two, do, do you understand? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, that's fine. Yes, sir. I appreciate your help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, God thank bless you, you and, and thank you for the call, Dan. You have a great weekend. Let's go to um, Jeff in Arkansas. God bless Jeff. Welcome to the End Time Show. Yeah, hi, Dave. How you yeah, doing? Uh, yeah, I'm an old uh, overnight. I used, I've got an End Time magazine for years. Yeah. And I've, I've actually seen them in person. But my question is, in the book of Revelations 11, 3, mm -hmm. talks about the power given to two witnesses. Yes, sir. And they're going to prophesy 1,203 score days, which mm -hmm. is 60 days. Yeah. So my question is, I've heard it kind of said that uh, there was only two people in the Old Testament didn't die, Enoch and I think Elijah. Yes, sir. And they think these, people, these men will come back because they never experienced death. And they will be the witnesses. Have you ever heard anything like that? Or what's your feelings or thoughts on that? Yeah, so I have heard that uh, many times, that some people believe that there will be somebody who comes back um, and is the, is the two witnesses, Mo Moses and Elisha. However, I, I do not, I'm not of the opinion that that's the case. We don't ever have a precedence where God would need to bring somebody back who has already, already been taken to bring them back to fulfill a um, God's will here on the earth. And God has always raised up men and women of God to fulfill His purpose on the earth. And so I do not believe that God needs to bring somebody back who He has already taken and bring them back down here to say, okay, now I need you two guys who have never died to come back down here and be the two witnesses. We know that the end of their ministry, that these two witnesses will die for three and one half days. And so some people have said, well, hey, because these guys have never died, it's appointed unto man once to die. These guys um, have to die. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about overall, the, in the course of humanity, that as a general rule, it is appointed unto man or a woman to die. However, those two individuals didn't die and there will be Christians on the earth at the time of the rapture that never die. Because the Bible says, let the dead in Christ rise first and then they that are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. So as a general rule, people are going to die. However, there will be some people 
that don't die. And so we have to tie all the scriptures in when we look when we're studying a topic. So in my opinion, I believe that the two witnesses will be two men of God. The Bible calls them prophets in Revelation 11 and that they will um, they will be two men of God that God gives uh, a special ministry to that uh, I believe will understand the prophecies of the Bible and that they will be thorns in the side of the Antichrist and his world governing system in the end time. And so in, in my opinion, that's what we believe here, um, Jeff, that they will be two men, not uh, Mos or, um, Enoch and Elisha coming back from the presence of the Lord that they're in now. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I had my old pastor years ago taught a sermon uh, one Sunday called uh, Christmas During Tribulation. Because it says the world will celebrate when, they, when they're put to death and give gifts to one another. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> the thing is, I don't think it's talking about a Christmas scenario there. It's just talking about people celebrating that these two men who have been thorns in the side of the Antichrist, the international community will celebrate their death. I don't think it's talking about a Christmas-type scenario there, Jeff. No, I, I, I mean, I think you used that to kind of compare what it would be like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I understand there's a lot of stuff going around out there. So um, all I can do is give you a scriptural scenario, and that's what I'm going to stick to, Jeff. Yeah. All right. Well, God bless you, and I do thank you for the call. You have a great weekend. Oh, man, I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't get to everybody, but hopefully we can call us back next week and talk to Doug and Vince or myself. I want to say we love you guys, and uh, we pray for you constantly. We pray for people every morning, and we're just hoping that all of you get prepared to meet the Lord at His second coming. For those of you that will be at the Garland Conference tomorrow night, look forward to meeting you. God bless and be safe.